And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program. As we have a great program lined up for you today, as we're going to continue in the book of Ezekiel with a message, Righteous Remnant. So stay tuned to today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that we could get together yet again and study your word, especially in the book of Ezekiel, Lord. Uh, we just praise you for who you are and your great love for us. And we just pray that through this study, we can grow closer to you and know you better. We thank you for all who've tuned in and we praise your name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We're talking about righteous remnants. So stay tuned. And those of you following us on social media, hey, why don't you share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us? And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nate, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother, every week. Great to be on uh, you in Florida, me in Dallas, and everybody tuning in from all over the world. Isn't technology wonderful? You know, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say that we're such a blessed generation, Nathan, that we're able to do this and people globally can connect like never before. Unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, to think that, say, Billy Graham, for instance, after all those years of crusades, his last crusade, which was uh, just broadcast all over the world, reached more people in that crusade than all the crusades combined before it. I mean, that's the type of time period we live in now. Nathan, and, and we encourage people to take advantage of this privilege and the prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes, because part of what we do in our ministry, well, you do more than I do because you are the web evangelist, but you get to share this good news with the billions of people out there uh, as a resource. And maybe, Nathan, someone is new to our program. Will you be able to share with them how they can get a hold of the resources as well as what we do in this ministry? Well, certainly. Uh, both Vic and I are evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. You can connect with us a number of ways. Our television program is Christ in Prophecy. It airs on Daystar and other major Christian networks, and we're soon going to be on Pray.com, so we're really excited about that. That has potential of reaching 13 million people. And uh, so, yeah, very excited about that. Brother, when you say that times change, when I started at this ministry in 2007, uh, you could reach about a 1 to 1 1.5 billion people. And this was before the advent of smartphones. And so we knew that it was just a few years when everyone started carrying a smartphone, we double that number. We have now, you can have 3 billion people accessible over the internet as of, say, four years ago. But brother, just in the last few years, I've seen the latest statistics. We can reach four and a half billion people now over the Internet. And as more and more people are given cell phones remotely all over the place, smartphones, they're connecting like never before. And it's like the whole world is going to be hooked together soon. And that number, I'm sure, will go from 4.5 to 5 to 6 billion, all the way up to we're just about to reach 8 billion people in the world. And uh, the, so the Lord has given us technology, communications technology, uh, to reach the gospel, get it out as fast as possible before his return. 
Nathan, I love that. And the privilege that you and I have, because we too, we are two uh, geeks and when it comes to technology, <laughs> and we have the privilege of being in the forerunner of this, Nathan, by just sharing this with people as we have been doing for almost 10 years. So there's really not much excuse why people cannot uh, take hold of these uh, tools to grow in Bible prophecy, right? Oh, I mean, my title here at the ministry is officially Internet Evangelist, and, you know, we do podcasting, and I do media like a co-hosting television show with our director, uh, Tim Moore. Uh, but uh, I think we're all Internet evangelists. It's, I mean, if you get on the Internet and you say anything about Jesus, you're evangelizing online, whether it's your computer or cell phone or tablet or uh, through instant messenger, through videos on YouTube and TikTok, whatever you know, we got the chance to touch people for Jesus Christ today. So it might be the point that my title, Internet Evangelist, will become obsolete. <laughs> well, then we're all going to be involved in evangelism. You made up, that's a very good point, Nathan, because, you know, sometimes people think of evangelists as of some specific people, right? But the reality is you made an excellent point and that, you know what, we all have an opportunity to, to be evangelists using the tools that we have in hand as long as we're sharing the gospel of Jesus, you know? No, I, I remember 20 years ago getting into chat rooms. Remember chat rooms? Yes. yes. Yeah, I'd love to get into the atheist chat rooms and hear them rant and rave about God and then start you know, bringing just a little Bible here or there and watch them start questioning what they believe and some of them even turning towards the Lord. And that got me hooked. I knew it. Boy, if you could connect to people online anywhere around the world, uh, you could bring the gospel anywhere. So, yeah, brother, I think we're all Internet evangelists now. Yeah, and Nathan, I think we're dating ourselves there by talking about AIM and chat. The young people today are saying, how old are those guys? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting there. You're older than me, so uh, I'm the young guy of the group. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But Nathan, one thing that never gets old is the good news of Jesus Christ and also the Word of God. The Word of God is always on point for all generation. And I believe that's what Ezekiel brings about us. You and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel, and we find ourselves in chapter 14, where again, we find God speaking to his people through the prophets. He's bringing a message to those that really have now turned their backs on God. In our previous programs in Ezekiel chapter uh, 14, we, we spoke about the temperature of the people that Ezekiel was speaking to. They were into idolatry, false prophets, uh, witchcraft. Uh, what a sad thing that is. But Nathan, we see also uh, 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 that same type of behavior in the world around us. So the message that you and I have for today is really one that is applicable for everyone. It is. It is. Uh, the context of Ezekiel is uh, it's 2,600 years ago, so it's about 600 B.C. The ancient uh, Judah, tribe of Judah and Benjamin, uh, the tribes and northern tribes of Israel had already been taken into a captivity by Assyria in 722 B.C. And so we're in the first of three major exiles as the Lord says, you know what, Judah, I've had enough with you. Uh, you continue to persist in your unfaithfulness. I've given you centuries to repent. I've blessed you. I've loved you. And you continually throw at my face and chase after the horrible gods of like Baal and Molech and Ashtoreth, which are demons. And he says, all right, this is where at the point now where I'm going to have to exile you out of the land for a certain amount of time so that you will end up giving up your idolatry. And that's what Ezekiel was. He, he's called during the exile. He was one of the first exiles. And he's writing back to the people and, and 
ministering back to the people who remained in Jerusalem, trying to get them to hear God's message and repent, because that's what God's always about. He's, he wants to restore that right relationship. Sin is in the way. To fix that, we need to repent, and then we can restore that right relationship with the Lord. And that's what he's doing here in Ezekiel's time. I love that, Nathan. As we pick it up there in chapter 14, verses 12 through 16. You might open us up, Nathan, with verses 12 through 14, and I'll do 15 and 16 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. All right, absolutely. Well, let's, folks, uh, open up Ezekiel chapter 14. We'll pick up at 12. <clears throat> Excuse me. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread, send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. Verse 15, and he says, if I cause wild beasts to pass through the land and they empty it and make it desolate so that no man may pass through it because of the beast, even though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord, they will deliver neither sons nor daughters, only they will be delivered and the land will be desolate. Nathan, when you opened up, you made such a good point because you hit it right on the nose in verse uh, 13 there. Uh, it was really talking about the problem. It was their persistent unfaithfulness. And look how the Lord deals with it. Okay, so they're in rebellion against God. They're willfully want God to get out of their land, right? So what does the God do to get their attention? He cuts off their supply of bread. In other words, their food supplies, famines, droughts. Uh, natural disasters, bad weather, and he'll cut off man and beast from the food. Well, this is God's MO. I mean, he's worked like this throughout history, and he's doing that today. I mean, we can look throughout the world. I mean, who thought in this modern world that we would be seeing supply chain issues, food shortages, energy shortages, natural disasters? I was reading because of the mega drought in California that the, they haven't been able to produce any tomatoes. And a fourth of the tomatoes that we use in the United States come out of California. Now, of course, that's going to increase further the costs of spaghetti sauce and tomato sauce and other things will go up. We've had chickens flu. The chickens die in mass this year. They've been killing the cattle because they've been dying. We've had terrible crop seasons. Now, it was something like 14% of the world's grain that came out of the Ukraine isn't coming out because of the war over there. People are looking at energy shortages and food shortages. And brother, this is the Lord. He is saying, wake up, repent of your rebellion and come back to me. I love you. I want to take care of you. But we can't do it as long as sin controls your life. And it happened in Ezekiel's time and it's happening in our day today. Nathan, and, and, and that's the thing. Sometimes people don't tie these things together. They, they hear us talking about the book of Ezekiel. They say, oh, that was for people over 2,000 years ago. That is not applicable for today. But that's because they're not really, they don't, they're not opening their eyes to the reality of how frail situations are, especially like you mentioned, the, the food supply chain. We here in Florida experience hurricanes every almost every year. And we're in hurricane season right now. And Nathan, it's amazing to me when a simple hurricane or even a storm, how quickly the food stores, the, the shelves are emptied within minutes. And it goes to show we really are not in such a great condition as we think we are. Things could really turn upside down at any moment. Absolutely right. Uh, it's amazing. I just remember uh, 
when Hurricane Katrina, was it uh, 2005, blew through, it was amazing. They showed pictures of the grocery stores and the cupboards were bare within a day. You know, we think that we have all this food and it's going to last us forever. But I read that the stores are really only three days from running out of food at any given time. I remember during COVID, remember the lockdowns, the toilet paper? Uh, wow. I, I was at a Walmart and, and there was no toilet paper. And one of the workers there brought a pallet on a lifter out. And you should have seen the people descend on that toilet paper as if it was gold. It was gone within under 30 seconds. And that's how the world is, unless you've got your own farm and you're growing your own food. But this is what the Lord's doing. He's He hits you where it hurts. I think of uh, uh, Haggai. If you read the book of Haggai, many people don't, but it's a minor prophet book that after the 70 years of exile, after what we read here in Ezekiel, the Lord allowed a remnant of Jews to return back to Israel and Judah and start rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. And the people are like, eh, I'd rather build my own house and I don't really want to build the temple. And so what the Lord did, he inflicted their crops with a blight so that they wouldn't have enough food. And they, again, call on the Lord and turn back to him. When they got the relationship right, they started building the temple. The Lord blessed them mightily with food and provisions again. And brother, we when we hear pastors like mega church pastors, I'm going to name name here, Andy Stanley, when he says we need to decouple the Old Testament from the new, what a loss, because look what we're reading about Ezekiel here. It's like you can be reading about modern day news. Nathan, and it's amazing to me how someone can can make such a statement, because how are we going to learn the lessons of the past if we cut off the things that were written for us? so that we will remember where we came from, so that we will remember how God deals with nations. And I guess, Nathan, people don't really understand the Old Testament very well. Oftentimes they read about, about God's discipline and judgments, and they have a different, they have an awkward view of what God really is like. But what people don't understand is that's how God dealt with nations that were in rebellion, nations that were not paying attention. Like we read here, uh, you know, in verse 13, that they persisted in unfaithfulness. But that's not how God deals with the righteous. God doesn't deal like that with those that love him and that are turning to him. And and we, we need to take all these lessons to heart. And Nathan, I mean, here we have the mention of three individuals, three times they're repeated here, in uh, Ezekiel chapter 14, speaking about the lifestyle of Noah, the lifestyle of Job, and the lifestyle of Daniel. They always uh, stood out from their societies, much like we need to stand out today uh, by standing up for what's right. Absolutely. You know, I, I reminded of this old Simpsons episode uh, years ago where Homer was uh, saying, oh, yeah, the God of the Old Testament was never mad. Oh, wait a minute. He was always mad. And how many people approach that? They look at the Old Testament, they read so many of the different books, and it seems like God's just always mad all the time, as if he had no reason to be upset. Now, we're reading books from prophets, which are God's messages to people, so they miss all the time where God's showering love on them and attention and, and wants a right relationship with them. He's addressing the sin issue. And when it got so bad, he finally has to step in and remind them that, hey, he's the source of life. He's the source of our food and, and our love and our shelter and our eternal life. And the very air we breathe, we, we owe it to the Lord. But man, that sin rebellion in us just wants to go away. And when it can, we continue to rebel against him, as we are doing in this day and age, 
God's going to continue to shake things up. Folks, it's it's not global warming. It's not climate change. 47 verses in the Bible say that God is sovereign over the weather. He controls the weather. He is trying to wake us up in the secularists are saying, hey, global warming, so we don't look to what God wants us to do, and that's repent as a nation. Nathan, that is that is so true. And as we look at verse 17 through uh, 20, I love this because it has here a glimpse of good news. Speaking of this remnant, would you be able to pick it up there, Nathan, in chapter 14, verses 17 through 19, and I'll do verse 20? Okay. Or if I bring a sword on that land and say, sword, go through the land, and I cut off man and beast from it, even though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, but only they themselves would be delivered. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury on it in blood and cut off from it man and beast. It says, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they will deliver neither son nor daughter. Notice they will deliver only themselves by their righteousness. And Nathan, uh, that's a very important word right there, but by their righteousness, we today are made right through the blood of Jesus Christ, not over our own works. But here we see these individuals that even in the midst of these sinful societies, they remain righteous. They remain true to God. And I think that God always has a remnant, even within the, the churches today, that it seems like so many of them are compromising. Yet there are those, that remnant, that is still trying to do right and honor the Lord. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's interesting that the three historical characters that the Lord picked here as righteous, uh, Job is probably the farthest back. I mean, Job was a contemporary of the patriarchs, Abraham and Isaac. So his this is the oldest back. I mean, we go back to Job, how you remember the Lord inflicted or allowed Satan to inflict a pain upon him to see if he would turn on God and he refused to. And then we got Noah, who on a whole planet full of people, only Noah and his family were righteous and only they were allowed to survive. And then we got Daniel, who's actually a contemporary of Ezekiel. In other words, he was alive when Ezekiel was alive. He was going through that exile just like Ezekiel was. And God's saying, hey, of the historical recordings I have here of, of people you know of, these three men were the most righteous. They, they stayed true to me. They didn't rebel against me. They always sought to have that right relationship. But, and he's saying, and this blows my mind. He says the, that it was so bad in Israel that if you had these three guys, that was it. They're the only guys that are going to survive. Everybody had, had gotten that bad. And when it, a society gets so polluted in evil, there's a point where God says it shouldn't exist anymore. And he takes the righteous out and then he restarts that society based on the righteous people. And brother, we read about that. We know that the Lord Jesus promised he will come and take his church, those who've accepted him as Savior, off this earth. And then he will allow the world to go under this terrible tribulation time period. Many will come to know Jesus, but many more won't. And then he, when he returns to set up his kingdom, we who have been taken and those who are left behind who got saved and survived will start a whole new society called the Millennial Kingdom, where Jesus rules and reigns over this earth in peace and righteousness and justice. And so the Bible is a template. It shows again and again and again, this is how the Lord operates. So I think as Americans, if you're in England or Australia or wherever the gospel has been prevalent and you know the gospel is no longer prevalent, if at all even a voice anymore, then you should really fear that 
that our countries are going to be destroyed. Uh, you cannot have an evil civilization last long. Eventually, God destroys it. And Nate, and that's exactly why they gave us these three examples here. I mean, when we look at Noah, for instance, in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, when you look at the billions of people that were alive at that time, it says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. When you consider that, that was only a few people in the whole generation. And that's the, that, that seems to be the, the, the case all the time, Nathan, that there's always only this few in comparison to the majority, where it just seems like everybody's just going down the broad road. Very few are following the narrow path to Jesus. And that's amazing when you think that the times of Noah, and even Jesus addressed that very much, how evil the times of Noah were, that, that leading up to the flood, that it's been estimated because of the long lifespans, possibly because of the water protection over the earth at that time. Uh, you know, we had people living up nine, eight, nine hundred years, the amount of children they had, and uh, that the earth probably had between half a billion to a billion people at Noah's time. And only eight of them were considered righteous by God. And, you know, we don't need little sons are a little sketchy there, too. Eight. That's amazing. I mean, how mankind who thinks I mean, and we got this prevalent thinking today that we're going to build a utopia, a big socialist utopia where everybody gets along. But to build this utopia, we have to commit all this evil and, and terrible things to make good happen. Uh, it's always destined for destruction. There's no way we can make a utopia. The problem isn't society, it's the sin inside us. Mm, excellent point. Again, for those of you that just tuned into our program, you tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. You're part of our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. Again, as we're talking about the book of Ezekiel, and we're talking about the topic righteous remnant as we look at Ezekiel chapter 14. Uh, Nathan, this is a powerful passage, and I hope people are paying attention to it. Because Noah, while he preached, while he built the ark over a hundred years, at the same time, he was sharing with people to repent that a flood was coming, destruction was coming. Like much today, Nathan, you and I do these programs and we encourage people to turn to the Lord, to come to God. There's another judgment that the Bible talks about, but this time, according to Second Peter, it's going to be a flood of fire. And But God has us sharing so that individuals will turn to him and hopefully today or in the future there might be some right nathan that will say hey you know what i need to get right with god and return and repent and be part of the righteous if not that same judgment awaits those who turn their backs on god right nate oh absolutely i again like we've been saying throughout this whole program god doesn't change his ways matter of fact he even says i i don't change i'm the same yesterday today and tomorrow and the way he acts is different now we have different types of, of responsibility, different types of government that the Lord grants over us over the ages, uh, where the Lord reveals more and more of himself over time. But that doesn't mean his character and nature changes. So when the Lord says, hey, you are persisting in your unfaithfulness, I will have to punish you until you repent and return to me. You know, that's not a message of gloom and doom. That's a message of love. And we'll hear people say all the time, well, God's always angry. He's always full of wrath and judgment. No, he's not. He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, to take that punishment, that just punishment of hell away from us and put it on Jesus when we accept him in faith. Brother, that is the greatest act of love. And that's what the Lord wants. He wants for us to bask in his splendor and glory, to live in perfect, loving relationship and 
have perfect fellowship with God forever, forever and ever. That's what he's trying to accomplish. And our ridiculous sins keep getting in the way. Our desire to do it ourselves, that we don't need God, that we want to live for materialism and pleasure and self. What good will that get us? It only destroys us. Nathan, that is, that is so true. And over and over, we find example in the word of God of how God sends individuals to different locations to call people to repentance. I remember the angels when they came down in the book of Genesis and they were he they were heading to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy that city. And Abram was crying out and pleading with them, if there will be some righteous there, will you destroy the city? And God says, uh, heavens forbid, I will not destroy it if there were so many. And at the end, there was only like a handful of righteous people. <laughs> and I feel that's like you and I today, Nathan. We're saying, listen, pay attention. God has a plan for you. And the majority are not listening, but there are some who are paying attention. There are. And the sad thing about Sodom and Gomorrah is really it was only Lot that was the only righteous man. He was grieved to live in Sodom. Lot's wife looked back longingly for Sodom. She wanted to return to it. Uh, Lot's daughters were uh, not good girls. I mean, so basically Lot was the only guy. To, to have a city so bad that there was only one guy who was righteous in it. Brother, I, I fear for our world because the Lord says when it gets so bad that he finally returns and takes the righteous off this planet, he takes Christians off this planet to heaven before he brings his wrath, then of course he's going to bring his wrath because what's left, there are no righteous, none that are, are righteous, none, none that are one. And brother, that's that time that's coming. This tribulation time period is coming. And that's why the Lord has guys like you and me and uh, Tim and Dr. Reagan and all our others here who are proclaiming this and saying, hey, the Bible says that the day of God's wrath is coming. He wants to restore that right relationship, repent and return to him. That's the modern gift of prophecy, not for telling the future, but for telling the Lord's plans for us. Mm, I love that. I think it's Dr. Reagan in one of his books that he calls it when a nation has an incurable wound, Nathan. And I think that's what we're getting to. <laughs> it is. It's, it's frightening to watch the news and, and just see. I, I just watched today Jan Markell's episode on the enemy within. It's about how the, the leftist ideology, humanist ideology has been taking over the church, especially my denomination, the Southern Baptist denomination. And it just seems like everywhere you look, it's defeat after defeat after defeat, as if evil is winning on every front. And we know it will win for a time, but again, the Lord's sovereign. He will defeat it. He will return and set up a kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice. Uh, this is just the darkness before the dawn. But it, brother, it's hard to live with. And for you out there who are just as weary of watching evil as we are, you know, take heart. Know that God's got a plan and he's told us in the Bible that we have a glorious future ahead. Mm, that is so true. And that glorious future begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you've been part of these programs for any length of time, you know that one of the things that we do is give you an opportunity to respond and to receive the Lord, to respond to him because God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He listens, but he's a gentleman. He will not push himself into anyone's life, but he invites you to come to him while there is still time. And so Nathan, would you be able to share with that person on the other side that maybe doesn't have a relationship with the Lord in the next minute or so, how they can come to the Lord even right now? Oh, I'd be happy to. And again, I'm sorry if I'm so chatty today. I'm just a little worked up. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but uh, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way 
and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. That means that you cannot come to know Jesus as your Savior and be saved and have reconciliation with the Father if you're following after your own desires, after atheism, after Hinduism. It's not Vishnu or Muhammad or, or Confucius. None of those can get you to heaven. Only Jesus Christ by putting your faith and trust in him. And if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then surrender your life to him. Pray from your heart. Something like, dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I, I'm a sinner. I know I've been rebelling against you. Uh, I'm sorry for my persistent unfaithfulness. I surrender my life to you. Please be the Lord and Savior of my life. And Jesus promises that your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed away and you will inherit eternal life with him forever. Praise the Lord. And that is great news. Listen, if you pray that prayer for the first time, wherever you are, reach out to us. Check out our website, ChristInProphecy.org. Let us know that you accepted Christ. Text us at 305-992-9537 or call. And we'll send you guys some material so you can continue to grow in your relationship uh, with the Lord. We're very excited for you as there's a celebration in heaven for all those that have turned to Christ. So we want to say congratulations. And of course, that's all the time that we have for today's program. But Nathan, wow, what an amazing program and what a great time to encourage people. Absolutely. And I hope, folks, uh, if we're here or in the air, I hope you tune in next week as we go and pick up again Ezekiel chapter 14. Awesome. Well, this is Vic Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You have a wonderful week and keep up. The Lord is coming very, very soon.